0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my
1: feet. I hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Mark chapter 5. This whole section from chapter 1 through to chapter 8 is part of what most scholars call the Galilean ministry. And this chapter, actually the the whole section from Mark 4.35, which uh, has Jesus calming the storm, through to the end of chapter 5 is sometimes referred to as revelations of Jesus' power and authority. Now, whatever you want to call it, it is absolutely true that the story at the end of Mark 4 with the storm has to be seen together with the story in Mark five about the healing of the man with the demon. In fact, to a lot of veteran Bible readers, it looks for all the world like Jesus is intentionally fulfilling Psalm 65, seven. Psalm 65, seven says, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the peoples, right? Who does that? Who is sovereign over the storms out there and the storms in here? And the answer, of course, is God. God is sovereign over the storms out there and the storms in here. And so when we see Jesus doing things in these two chapters that only God can do, what are we supposed to conclude from that? Obviously, we are supposed to conclude that Jesus is God. He stills the roaring of the seas. We saw that yesterday. And today, we see that he also calms the tumult of the peoples. All right, here now the reading of God's word beginning at verse 1. The Bible says they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and they saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. Now, John Calvin said in the introduction to his Institutes that we read the Bible basically to learn about God and about ourselves. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones expanded on that slightly to say that we read the Bible to learn about God, about humanity, and about how God brings humanity back into right relationship with himself through the person and work of Christ. And I think that that's exactly right. And I think we see those same categories at work here in this marvelous little story. We certainly do learn some very important, very helpful things about humanity in this story. We learn, for example, that human beings can be horribly and tragically enslaved. The description that Mark provides is intended to stir up our uh, our sympathy for this poor human being. Listen to what he says there, verses three to five. He says, he lived among the tombs bound with shackles and chains. He was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. So this person is barely recognizable as a human being, right? And and that's the point. That's, That's the point of demonic possession and oppression. William Lane says, This account, more graphically than any other in the Gospels, indicates that the function of demonic possession is to distort and destroy the image of God in man. That is the sum total of what the devil means to do. He wants to destroy and deface the image of God in human beings. Jesus said that. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's kind of a one verse summary of the story, right? The, the devil sent his demons to kill and destroy this brother, but God sent his son to set him free. That's the gospel. This story is a, is a picture, it's a snapshot of the gospel. And it begins with the unpleasant fact that human beings are in bondage to a cruel and hateful master. Now, loads of people today would want to dispute that. They would want to say that people are free. All right? But here's an uncomfortable truth from the Bible. You aren't strong enough to be free. If you refuse the lordship of Jesus Christ, you will fall subject to to the lordship of demons. One way or another, the devil will infiltrate your life, your body, your mind, and your society, and he will destroy and deface the image of God in you. That's what the Bible says. Now, we also learn in this story that human beings in bondage hurt other people and hurt themselves. I've got a friend who likes to say that hurt people hurt people. And that is exactly right. And you see it in this story. Mark says he was cutting himself and he was terrorizing the village. That is a picture of a person in bondage. Hurt people hurt people. And they hurt themselves. Third thing we see in the story is that human beings have tremendous worth and value in the eyes of God. Did you notice that over 2,000 animals perish in the story? And, and in modern terms, that represented an, an economic impact of about $400,000. And the Bible passes over over that fact without mention right that's that's there's no story about did jesus give them the, the farmers some money did did he do any, did he did he do a miracle of multiplication on the pigs that were left no mention of that that's not where the focus is the focus is on the worth and dignity of this one solitary man now the villagers were very concerned about the economic value of the herd but god is concerned with this brother's soul It's hard to escape the fact that Jesus came looking for this brother, right? Because there's no good reason for any Jewish person to be coming to this area. Everything in this story is off limits to Jewish people. You got pigs, you got Gentiles, you got demons. This is not a place where you expect a Jewish rabbi to go hiking, right? But Jesus comes here on purpose. He came here on mission, and this man was the mission. He he had great worth. He had inestimable worth in the eyes of God. We learn a lot about people in this story, but we also learn a lot about Jesus. We learn, of of course, first and foremost, every time in Mark's gospel, the main point is that Jesus is God. That is always the point Mark is working. Mark is an evangelist. He writes to convince us that Jesus is God and he is the Savior that we need, and you can certainly see that in the story. Again, many of the original readers of this story would likely have had Psalm 65, verse 7 memorized. Who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples? There's only one answer to that question, and it is God. Even the demons see that, right? They, they know who Jesus is. They say, we know who you are, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. God. You never want to be dumber than the demons. And even the demons are connecting the dots here and making the connection that if Jesus can walk in the water, if, if, if Jesus can calm the storm, if Jesus can command evil spirits, then clearly Jesus is the Son of God. We also see in the story that Jesus is the bringer of peace. Wherever Jesus goes, whether he, whether he goes out in the storm in a boat or whether he goes out to the chaos of the Gentiles and the Decapolis, wherever he goes, his presence brings peace. His word and his person bring things back into order. Look at verse 15 there. They came to Jesus and they saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legions, sitting there clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. I mean, that's a picture of what it means to be saved. If you are with Jesus... And if he is with you, then chaos and fear and madness are vanquished. And in their place, there's peace and order and sanity. Thanks be to God. We need to move on to our next story there. This is a fairly long chapter in Mark's gospel. We've only covered the first half, so we need to move much quicker. The text says, starting at verse 21, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him. and told them to give her something to eat. Well, we are pretty much out of time here, so let me just say this. Only God can calm the seas, and only God can calm the tumult of the peoples. And in this chapter, we see the three great storms in the human life. We see demons, we see disease, and we see death. And in all of these stories, we see Jesus sovereign and powerful over them all. He heals the man with the demon. He heals the woman with the disease. And he even raises this little girl from the dead. Clearly, Jesus is God. Clearly, he cares about all manner of people, men and women, old and young, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile. They are all represented in one of these stories. And the significance of that is very hard to miss. Mark is making his main point here. Jesus is God, and he is the Savior that we need. He is God over the storm, and he is God in our storms. And so you should be like the woman in this story. She heard, she came, and she touched him. And you should do the same. Because Jesus is God. He is the Savior
0: that we need. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, friends, for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those at intotheword.ca. You can also connect with Pastor Paul and other Bible readers on the Into the Word Facebook page. Just type Into the Word into the search bar. If you'd like to contribute to this listener-supported program, go to the website and click the Give bar in the top right corner. Once again, that's intotheword.ca. We hope to see you again real soon right here for another episode of Into the Word.